Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got an heart. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. They're all going to laugh at you. I'm listening to the Jersey Cools. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. Holy crap, there's nothing that makes me happier than a full Zoom, baby. And tonight we've got one. I am so excited. We have so much special. Dude, I I might break out the good china tonight. That's how many guests we've got in the room who are via. Not you, Vanessa. Not you, Guillermo. Guillermo. Not you, Guillermo. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our very, very special near and dear friend Vanessa is here again. Our Jersey, our Georgia ghoul, excuse me, our Georgia ghoul. I think I should be the, the you're familiar. Not <laughs> <laughs> you, Guillermo. <laughs> And of course, tonight we are so excited to be joined by the ladies of the Femmergard podcast. Tessa and Carolina, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Absolutely. Our Thanks for having pleasure. us. Pleasure. So excited to be here as a former Jersey gal. Bless. <laughs> yeah, you can take the girl out of Jersey. You know what I'm saying? You are still a Jersey ghoul once and forever. Definitely. And forever. Absolutely. And I like it because when I make references on social media to Jersey stuff, you're like, oh my God. And you always get my references. <laughs> you know how important it is to leave Gabagool out for the Jer- Jersey ghoul. You know, you get what's important in life. You do. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Where uh, where in Jersey are you from? Morristown. Morristown up or Morristown down? Morristown up. Oh, okay. She's North Jersey. South Jersey. Yeah, I'm I'm the one that then when I refer to the city, I mean Philadelphia, which oh chaps her ass so hard. (laughs) Why you got why you gotta work me up so early in the episode? Why you gotta make me angry? There's one city, and I'm looking at you down there, Pennsylvania, Tessa. Don't think I forgot. There's one city and it is New York. And that's for you too, Vanessa. You need to remember that. That's a good lesson in life. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry, but I have to ask this. Do you gals ever break out the weird NJ stuff? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, she busted out the talk. I know what you're talking about, girl. Um, Clint Rose? Like, come on. That's like, yeah. I mean, okay. yeah. I've got several. I'm looking yeah. at my bookshelf. I've got a, I've got the hard, one of the hardcover editions and then just multiple old editions. Oh, yeah. We've oh. actually never covered that stuff, though. As much as we talk about like supporting local, it's generally with, local arts and not like the local lore but definitely something to put on the list 
Is that like big yeah. forests or? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. Like cool, cool. we have the Jersey <laughs> devil. Oh. He roams the forest. Yeah. Yes, he does. Um, did you ever do the midget? Remember the, I don't know if midgets see anymore, but the little people town. Remember that place? Oh my God. That was in North Jersey. It was in weird New Jersey. It was like, oh, and it's, I don't know if it still exists. I have to like, look it up. I'm close to Jockey Hollow. So like all of that is, is right there. So that's, that was fun. I don't mean to brag, but one thing North Jersey did better besides everything else, it's also weird New Jersey stuff, right? Like they, we killed (laughs) it. Weird New Jersey was always North Jersey. (laughs) Um, No, you guys definitely have to do a whole like folklore session, like session on it because I'm cool. so in. I'm so dialed in yeah, and that. maybe like a tour so like you could like go to the places oh my cool. god yeah then do one the of us will get murdered I was gonna say yeah I'm no, like no, no. That, we go in group by myself because we're no, so bold no. doing we'll go together we'll make a plan there's safety in numbers no yeah, we're I, not gonna scooby do it, it would, and split up I think it would be cool <laughs> If we watched last broadcast and then did like a Jersey Devil episode on it after watching last broadcast. Yeah, you guys have fun. I'll wait in the car. <laughs> and by wait in the car, I mean at home. You need a getaway car person. That's true. You can be like the person in the van. So, yeah. you know, you're on the headset. Yeah. Who, yeah. who is going to keep the doors locked? and be like, I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, Let us in. Oh, no. I can't. I don't know. You both can. You can suck it. I know what happens to the one who waits in the van. They're always the first one dead. So y'all can suck it. All right. I'm coming with you. Yeah, no, no. We stay together. Yes. I know. But that's like arms from the beginning. We're staying together. Yeah. She, be no gets, she gets behind me. She She's behind me. I got to protect my little sparkle. She'll get behind me and like kind of hang on to my shirt as yeah, I no, wear, wear like a backpack. Yeah. She'll be my little Yoda. You'll be my Yoda. I'll be your Luke. I'll just, I'll just walk through whatever Perfect. scary parts. I got you, Bill. This sounds like an in-person event that we need to do once y'all are back yes. on the East Coast oh, at some point. Yeah. Yes. 1,000%. I'm inviting what? myself once again. I'm going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not that far, so it's easy. Yeah. We'll make it happen. I was telling Tessa for years, if we ever do like a like just true horror film, I would love to do it in Jersey just because mm. of folklore and like and even in PA like her like the countryside like it gets our woods get creepy and I love shit it gets weird in the woods shit gets weird or the fields yeah. depending where you are <laughs> we spent the weekend in Carlisle PA and I gotta tell you I believe it <laughs> <laughs> so guys tell us a little bit about Femmergard and Geekscape and how you kind of got started in it where we can find it all that good stuff sure um so we started our production company Femmergard is it four years ago now? We have four. four. Yeah, we have four. Yeah. So, so we're filmmakers um, and we wanted to share, you know, our story and the things we've learned with other filmmakers that are just starting out. So we started the podcast, FemRegard Podcast, and it allows us to share our experiences, things that we didn't even know that we didn't know starting out. And we bring on a ton of industry professional guests. So you guys get to learn from the people that know way more than we do. <laughs> and we are now a member of Geekscape family as well. So you can find our podcast on all the major platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, all of those, our website, which is just femregard.com and on Geekscape as well. Yeah. That's, and we're really like passionate about supporting women in film as well. So I just want to note that a lot of great, like amazing guests in all different areas of production that we brought on the show. So a lot of them are women and we are like 
here to champion that as well. I just can't wait to, when I'm watching the Oscars, be like, oh, I knew them when. <laughs> like, I'm gonna be all, like, that's my claim to fame. I'm already calling it now. So I can't wait to, to kind of follow you guys. You have such exciting things brewing and we are so honored to have you on today. And yeah, if you're not listening to FemRecard, you guys, you should definitely do it, especially if you are in the film biz, which I know a lot of the people who listen to us are. So definitely check them out. So we are continuing in our October education history of horror extravaganza here at Jersey Ghouls. And we have hit what I think is a amazing stop on our tour. And that is the really weird early 1960s. Amazing. That yeah. was that was me tossing it to you, Jackie. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'm forming my thoughts. So <laughs> part of the thumbnail, we've watched Carnival of Souls and Eyes Without a Face. I've been practicing saying that in French all week. You ready? And you know I'm how good ready. I am at I'm so as ready. the Latino who can't pronounce anything correctly. Are you ready? It's like how Pepe, did you make that sound German? It's like Pepe from the, the Muppets says yeah. tries to say something classy. That's what I sound like. But then you I, have to I, end it with okay. 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 Yeah, it's I can't. If I try to put an accent on something, it's inevitably gonna be Latino. So I try to get angry about it, and then it just sounds either just... even worse. Right. So, <laughs> Nailed it, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> Um, if it's okay, let's start with 1960s Eyes Without a Face, shall we? This was my first full viewing of this. I only knew the iconic image of her and her creepy mask, but I had never same. seen this before. Yeah, I had same. for either, and I want to be that for Halloween now that I've seen that. Like, mm-hmm. such a good oh, So right? creepy. This film was directed by, I damn it, it's a name that I'm supposed to say French. Don't, don't <laughs> laugh, just say it. Uh, Jorge? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Jorge Franca. No? Sounds- yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Georgie. Did it. <laughs> Georgie's yeah. Franca. Um, and he actually is probably, say his name properly, please, for Christ's sake. No, it's fine. Well, it's French for George. George. Yeah. Right. Jorge. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, he actually George. Is- is George. He's actually, uh, uh, George Franju is probably more famous, I would argue, for co-founding France's number one film archive in 1937. It's called Cinematheque Francaise. And I just thought that was a chicken dish. So I was delighted to learn that it was a whole place in France. I was very excited. Um, it is, and, and it is delicious. It is. That's what I hear. Um, so I don't know, you guys, let's just jump right in. Uh, thoughts on this film? Like I got a very Tales from the Crypt vibe watching this movie, which was absolutely friggin' fantastic. I loved this movie from start to finish. I was not prepared for what happened, like that little plot twist in the beginning. I was not prepared for that, had no idea. Cause yep. I'm like, okay. Like Same. at first, like the movie starts and I'm like, all right, looks like somebody captured Dick Tracy and what's gonna happen. And you know, then then we're putting people in rivers or whatever. Yeah. And then and then when we find out, my note is literally, oh shit, son, she's alive. Blew my mind. That plot twist absolutely got me. Um, and then from then on in, this was You not really movie. went into this movie blind. Like you had totally. to- Totally. I, I literally, I knew the image of the mask and that is it. Like I knew nothing. I'm like, isn't there a song called Eyes Without a Face? Like that's as far as my, really that's as far as my knowledge yeah. goes. Uh, from the, like from that moment on, like I never once- checked my watch kind of thing like this movie had me sucked in and I was I was in for the full fucking ride yeah and it doesn't feel like it's a feature length either it does feel like you said like it's an episode of something in the mm-hmm. end you're like oh my god two hours or an hour and a half however long yeah. it is went by like yeah 
Dude, so I don't know much about the history of like plastic surgery. And I'm curious to kind of see, like first read the room and figure out where we're all at in regards to like plastic surgery as a societal trend or norm. Um, but I was like, damn, even in 1960s, we're like having hot button talks about like, I mean, cosmetic and elective surgeries, which blew my mind. And I know it was probably a lot of gibberish pseudoscience, but I was like, mm-hmm, the medulla oblongata. Like it was, I loved like the juxtaposition of this like medical jargon that was probably fake anyway, with like these really kind of horrific fictional things. Like it kind of just felt really cool just from a stylistic perspective, the way, like, I love the way he showed the way it wouldn't take. Like when, when they did the surgery and you mm-hmm. thought it was good yeah. for a minute and she was all hot and normal again, you're like, yeah. And then you're like, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was really cool. All um, I'm saying is the next time we hang out, um, we're going to double feature. We're going to watch this movie and then we're going to watch face off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. When death becomes her. Cause that also Ooh, reminds yeah. me. Yeah. They're wrong. Yeah. yeah. I did find it interesting kind of like remove the horror element from it but like how ahead of its time it was because this film was 1960 and I think France was the first country to do an actual face transplant I did not I mean Google I'm like 90 percent sure yeah and I I yeah it was I think it was the woman who got eaten by the by the chimp I swear I'm not making this up. <laughs> You're talking about the woman who's yeah, she had her face. Remember, oh, like her friend. That's why. Okay. <laughs> when you said that, I thought you meant that she the got face the face rip- transplant and then got her face eaten. And I was like, oh, unfortunate. Oh, okay. That would she be, got it because of. I get you. Yes. Yes. Oh, you had to run in she, with the chimp. She got a chimp on her face. That's what you thought of first. No, I, when she said that, I for some reason in my head, now I was Planet the, of the Apes. I took I took the uh, order of events as. She got a face transplant and then got mauled by a chimp. And that's when I was like, that's really unfortunate because she just went through all that surgery. But right. That would switch that oh, around. That'd be worse. Chimp, chimp gets the face, then we have the face transplant. A much more cohesive line of So you, you are correct that France in 2005 was the first uh, successful face transplant, but it was not a chimp. But it wasn't. It was a car accident that caused. Oh, okay. All and right. this episode well, should so be. So the chimp called- is a separate story. Yeah. Hold separate. <laughs> whole separate episode this episode should be called hashtag buckle your safety belt because if there's one thing both of these movies remind to me it's the importance of car safety and i yeah. gotta tell you about drag racing after yeah. well, to be fair i don't think there were seat belts in the cars at that time like oh, i didn't i don't think they were standard i think huh. you're right yeah because I, I think i don't think that was a thing really to the late 70s yeah. that it was like mm-hmm. the norm like wasn't your parents arm just like yes. that's the only seatbelt you have when they hit the brakes in the parent's arm. That's it. Yeah. Well, do baby <laughs> riding on your lap. <laughs> late, you're right. Late 1950s, they become standardized in cars. So that's true. This is just like, you know, what's great in the 1980s. My mom still to this day tries to convince me that car seats and seatbelts weren't a thing. I was like, no, you were just negligent parents. You just threw us in the back of a van <laughs> and I would roll around. Like I would tuck and roll all over the place. Yeah. And she, to this day, will double down on there were no car seats in the eighties. I'm like, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> so yeah, thanks mom. That explains a lot about what's wrong with me. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> I have a question for the room in regards to the secretary. What are your thoughts or hypothesis as to why she had her face, like her face transplant mm-hmm. done? And do you think, it, like, I think it was his wife that he ended up doing it 
on because like taking her face mm-hmm. death for the she's secretary. dead i think so too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His wife. and they just call her the secretary now like gave her a new identity mm-hmm. that's true. oh yeah because they said that the wife had died like four years prior at the yeah. when they were talking about that so yeah that that oh I shit my knows that that's actually the wife that's, that is a very interesting theory he's got a new face because I took it as thing. I took it as what you said first that he killed his wife because he was like having an affair with the secretary, so he gave the secretary her face or whatever. But I it could be that could be his wife. I don't. We don't know. Although he was talking about he. Well, no, I guess she would have been the first success story, but because I know he talked about trying to make it a success. That's why I was confusing because I'm like, it's it's very important that this. Yeah, he makes this a success, but. A, he has clearly yeah, done. Yeah, he seems has he has already done it before. I think success for his daughter. Like he knows, like true. He, he can't just keep killing. But why? <laughs> why is it though that it works for the secretary and doesn't work for the daughter? Like it won't take for the daughter. I didn't. I couldn't figure that out. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had that thought too. I was like, but wait, she's a success well, story. Is it, it only a certain part? Because the daughter never had that. Like the the secretary wears that pearl choker yeah. to mm-hmm. cover up the she had obvious an appear, scene did she have an appear? Was I was gonna say because the hair. daughter didn't yeah. have an obvious scene at the yeah. neck where the secretary right. did her scene was up she was up here that mm-hmm. all all i gotta say is that you know the the professor um you know not a not a good dude because yes no. he's kidnapping and, and murdering women but what makes him just the worst villain of all is if he is mistreating those dogs in any way because i'm sorry those puppies are precious so you you, you hurt the puppies then i'm sorry you you know what fine you're going to kidnap and murder a woman i will but you like, know once or twice that's fine whatever but you why were they dogs. Oh, he was Frankensteining them. He was experimenting. He was experimenting, grafting the different patch first. Yeah. Yes, shows that patch, and you're oh, like, okay, because mm-hmm. uh, I, I he was get like German it. Shepherd with a pug side. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> but she mentions the daughter mentioned something about you know like when father gives the injections or when he experiments and they go wrong on the dogs. And I'm just like, oh, you're hurting the puppies? We're done, we're done here, we're done. Yeah. When he his his death was celebrated, when there was puppy revenge. Also, I, I don't remember where this was and maybe this was me misunderstanding this, but I took a note of this. Was he the driver for both the secretary and the daughter when they were- I took it as he was, that's interesting. Cause I had that thought too. And I was like, maybe I'm just like projecting that onto him, but I- <laughs> For some reason, I was like, somebody needs his license taken away. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, quit like, driving. To be fair, he needs his medical license and his driver's license taken away. But let's let's pick one battle at a time, shall we? <laughs> well, and maybe that's why he dedicated himself to doing this, because he was the cause of their mm-hmm. demise. Yeah. And he felt like mm-hmm. maybe he needed to somehow write it, but then went, right. you know, crazy mad scientist on him and you know, became so obsessed that he kind of lost sight of, you know, the initial intent. Celebrated in the community as this genius, like lecturer. So I feel like to your point, Vanessa, like, yeah, I could see him becoming so obsessed and wanting to, you know, have this breakthrough because it he had, didn't he? Yeah. Wasn't he originally like announcing some other machine or something that he had? I could be confusing movies now oh my god but at the beginning he was talking about yeah 
like uh, I kept waiting. I that's why this whole face thing threw me off because I kept waiting for that to like kind of shine through mm-hmm. and like be the yeah. core thing. Mm-hmm. And so it was cool to see like it was like you no know, this other other work of his. Yeah, his when he was presenting in the very beginning, it was almost like setting you up for like a Frankenstein type movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then it like kind of transitioned to like a vampire Dracula movie because he's talking about exsanguinating somebody and taking the blood. And I'm like, okay, are we yeah. going to get like, like kind yeah. of a monster mashup here? And then we got just like a whole other fucking ball game. I mean, I was here for it, but it was, it was a twist that I wasn't expecting. I'm telling you, the parts with medical shit really felt like they were just Googling, like, and I know Google didn't exist back then, but like they were opening the Encyclopedia Britannica de France and they were like literally like the sanguination and neuro blah, blah, blah. And I was so here for it because if I had to write a movie, that's yeah. <laughs> I guarantee it. They like, they did the, like, even with the surgery, like, he knew scalpel and he knew forceps. That's yeah, all they needed for everything. Made up, right. He yeah. was like, spoon screwdriver you know like and it was i was here for it or- I, was here. <laughs> um, I did it i did enjoy the trope of wipe my brow i did i did like yeah. when he was doing the surgery and he was like i'm damp i am moist yeah he's, yeah he's, he's, he's very he's, sweaty though to yeah, be fair <laughs> like so- it- also did you notice like I I I noticed this because I thought it was kind of funny but you know he was so carefully drawing the line initially but when he got to the other side of the face it was like all crooked (laughs) off and I was like well in control we're gonna freehand this one okay we're not gonna is not not steady I don't know that he should be doing this yeah it like barely like he couldn't get it to connect right (laughs) it was was, was listen I'm no medical professional but um, they just went for it. They just kept the camera on him. They were like, "Fuck it, keep going. It's keep fine." Going. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> like, like, he's fine. Porn back then, right? Because I mean, like the '60s, like there wasn't a lot of like that much gore and like actually like cutting into fake human flesh. <laughs> I was so yeah. yeah. Let's get to that that moment mm-hmm. of, of the face the, removal of the face the coming face off. Removal. I, I was wasn't ready for that. That was Honestly, surprisingly I was gnarly. Surpri- I was surprised that we got a reveal of the daughter's face even like kind of like how like just the muscle I was surprised we got that because I didn't think they were going to show that at all and when they started to remove the face on the girl I wasn't sure how far they were going to go and yeah when we got to the part where it was kind of like up yeah I was like go ahead France 1960s right yeah. she woke up and they saw the whole face it was like a very comedic for me because they screamed i screamed she's like i was like ah! i thought it was really like cool that oh i wanted to make a point that yeah i didn't think we were gonna see the daughter's face either and so i really loved though that they prolonged it like i love that the mm-hmm. whole scene that first was done with her hiding her face because you mm-hmm. wanted to like secretly mm-hmm. see what it was like you it was like you know, I want to see it, but I don't want to see it, but I want to see it. Like, let's, let's see it. And so when they finally did reveal it, I thought it was in a cool moment. Like they chose mm-hmm. a good place. Yeah. I kept being like, do I want to see it? Yeah, I do. Like, but then I was yeah. horrified. Um, yeah. and, well, and I think yeah. they did such a good job, you know, and I, I made it a point because the fact that we were talking about these two specific films, I, even though they're very different, I was totally comparing them. And the thing that I'd really walked away with was wow france is doing film way better at that time (laughs) yeah they still probably are but there was a huge huge difference not only i mean every aspect from the performances to 
the storytelling to the script to the exact way that the it was edited and put together like this was such a another level film yeah in comparison it, it, to it carnival souls to me. i'm sorry like we're gonna when we get into carnival souls we have we have our problems <laughs> i love that you were just oh. doing like italian hand emoji because that was in my notes at one point about this movie <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah because i don't have you girls seen les diaboliques as well and oh, like, yeah. that's a friend film. I'm not sure. It's a little long for me. I don't think I finished it, but either way, I loved even the acting and the storytelling of that. Mm-hmm. I liked this one better just because I felt like it was shorter and it just flew by for me. Um, but you, yeah, Vanessa, check that one out too. You might really mm-hmm. like it. What was yeah, the yeah. It's on HBO, I think, or something. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, and I think what you just said, it speaks to how well this was put together because the pacing was impeccable. I mean, it was a... I think it was 90, was it 91 minutes? That's and right. it flies That's, by. I think, it like was, yeah, I think it was about an hour and a half. I mean, I, I watched it this morning because I wanted it fresh. Um, you know, and I was drinking my coffee and I was like, what? <laughs> we're done. We're Day done. Where did this go? Is it short? And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. To, to, to piggyback off of just how well the film was made. And I don't know if this has been done before. 1960 but the one thing I noticed and I really really love especially as someone who loves slasher films that did you notice that every time the secretary was in the car like stalking her on the hunt she had a theme song there was a oh, very yeah. specific yes, theme the creepy choir carnival yeah there was I wrote it down I was like theme, maniacal was like, calliope I loved it. Like I said like kind of akin to Jason's Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers she has her own hunting slash stalking theme that every time she pops up in the car and I thought that was like such such a brilliant touch again I don't know if it had been done before that may or may not be the first time who knows but that to that that was go back and really listen to that music and then watch an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm and just see if you notice any similarities that was my note that is the first thing I said to my boyfriend I'm like this sounds like Curb Your Enthusiasm theme song but like I yes Vanessa that is exactly what I thought you guys have to listen to it it is it is too good Jackie you're absolutely right I think that was just another level of the attention to detail and, and, and their craft with telling this story. She did have a theme song. Like you knew when you heard that music, you know, something was about to happen again. Um, and I really liked that. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a quality in filmmaking that is lacking in Carnival of Souls, which again, like in America, right? Like we, it was like, there's a lot of editing and issues with just like the audio and all that stuff with the, between like comparing and contrasting them with similar budgets. It's unbelievable. The difference in the quality. But you know, I wonder too, if that had a little bit to do with the trend of what was happening in both countries. Like, I feel like we were kind of we were still kind of in it, but like kind of coming out of like French new wave. And, you know, you had this like huge rise in, I guess they called them like roughies, which were kind of these like almost more low budget, raw kind of exploitative type films. Like, of right. course, I'm going to say this because it's the one I always reference, but like the faster pussycat kill kill type I of feeling film. to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do too. It's so ridiculous and it's so ridiculous, but so like yes, offensive and terrible in many ways, but also yes. wonderful and belongs on my shelf. 
Um, she also has I a jacket like carnival- on there. <laughs> I do. I'm I'm kind of obsessed with it. If I find, st- I mean, my my coaster is, you know. <laughs> oh my god! No, no, no! I've I've never met someone who's like a fan of that. So yeah, I'm geeking out over <laughs> yeah. here. Um, it's, I, it's great. I, and we can get into this, but what I'm finding is like films like that, which are horrible and offensive, especially like in the female lens, which I have like many opinions on the Carnival of Souls thing. Yes. It's similar to like when we watched repulsion mm-hmm. and at that time uh roman polanski's film and at that time it's like definitely you can like see the sexism and like kind of seeing like oh if you're not a woman in our society doing x y and z you are fucking weird and like wrong and it's your fault and like you know there's yeah. a, in the script of carnival of souls that comes up multiple oh. times the hurt character 100 yeah but now like viewing it in our female empowerment lens those films can also be celebrated now it's like wait yeah this woman's getting like to do her way like she's doing her thing and it's actually kind of cool so like with faster pussycat could kill that's like yeah i i see the strength in it now but i see what like the issues were of back then <laughs> yeah <laughs> makes sense no, it makes perfect sense because I think you have to toggle the lens. You have to be like, all right, I'm going to take off my 2021 feminist perspective and lean into what it was for the time. I think that's an important thing to be able to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so- like where the writing or why certain things feel like cringy. Like you're like, okay. And it's so funny because it's weird for me to think that back then it maybe was just normal. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I think. I think there was a conditioned way of thinking as far as traditional gender roles yeah you know and every you had to kind of stay in that lane if you were a woman these are the expectations this is how you are to behave if you want to be accepted in society you know you step out of that line and you are either you know i mean there were very specific you didn't have like a a rainbow of uh i guess like roles and, and stuff for women you were either the the church going you know mother you were you know and if you're a bad girl meaning you just didn't do these things like god forbid you pick up a cigarette or you talk to a boy like okay well she's she's the whore in the story oh okay yeah Yeah. and and this film kind of plays with the idea of of the expectation of women to to look a certain way right and this has still only gotten worse and worse as time has progressed i mean christine basically becomes a ghost right because she and i love another just ranting about the way this film is made because it's so beautifully like aesthetic it's just she literally floats through her scenes man and it takes its time and it's like the kind of shit that makes me love good cinematography because i'm like damn these scenes are well done and like when she releases all the animals, which are such beautiful motifs for like so many of the themes in this film. And, you know, like, it's like, you're like, man, I love it. Like, it's the well, kind of stuff that inspires absolutely you. absolutely right. And I think it was a combination of all of those things. Whereas I feel like sometimes you see films like Carnival of Souls or something else where they may go with one thing, but, you know, Eyes Without a Face, that end, there were layers. I mean, it was it was the cinematography mixed with her performance, mixed with her wardrobe because they put her in the floatiest of of you know outfits, with the lighting. I mean, everything and all of those things combined absolutely created this sense of of otherworldliness. You know? Yes, like they're just like the symbolism in the doves and like she herself mm-hmm. would be a dove trapped in this home, and so like. <laughs> 
like because her dress was like trumpet like yes you know like and then really seeing the doves at the end it was just yes artsy beautiful layered absolutely and they thought about that I mean those were all intentional choices that were made to be able to do that and I I I love that those are the films that I will like oh I can get into it because you can see that love of craft yeah absolutely yeah speaking of motifs in this film I have a fun question for everybody and it's one that you're gonna and you know me I love going up with a question that's gonna so right with this the whole motif is that we all hide behind our masks right everybody fakes and puts forth things so I got to thinking like what do I hide like what's behind my mask right like what's the one thing that I hide from the universe and I think and I'm going to volunteer first and you guys can feel free. You can take it seriously or not. I don't care. Cause I was like, Oh, obviously my chins is what I'm at, you know, like, but I think the thing I, I hide is that I'm secretly super painfully shy and reserved, but I tend to, I think come off as a very extroverted person. And so that's what my mask is hiding. I'm going to, it's time for Jersey goals confessional. Everybody mm. step in it's just as gals. <laughs> Nobody's listening. Yeah. Except a couple yeah. hundred people. Don't worry about it. <laughs> my mask is hiding my own personal like I'm secretly painfully shy and this is a facade that I'm putting forth like you know that's me what about you guys sharing it's a deep question you can tell me to fuck off um no thank you for sharing I love deep questions we're here for it and I think the first thing I mean physically um we've we've had a, a talk on our show with a filmmaker who who has a story about plastic surgery so when you mentioned that we had a very raw episode about that and like physically it's always been my nose all three of us all three the of two us. of us and our guests were all like our yeah, nose because <laughs> she was like just kind of like it was her first time talking out loud about yeah. it and it was really cool to have her like share her story and then uh, we were like girl though like us too <laughs> like, so, right there with you with the nose by the way <laughs> yeah and like for a long time too I think like I used my long hair maybe as a like a safety blanket to like hide behind that so I think that's something I, I've like kind of unpacked but on like a like personal level I think it's always been intelligence for me because coming you know first generation parents always trying to like you say the wrong things in class and it's embarrassing and your grammar's all messed up sometimes I'm still messed up (laughs) I'm like I'm here for it and it's like not great English (laughs) is my first language (laughs) exactly and like as a writer too like I have so many ways I want to express myself in art and sometimes I'm always just like am I articulate enough and and I have all these ideas and is it coming across and it's just like just embracing that it, do, it just doesn't matter like you know trying to push that forward but I, I feel like I'm always feeling the fear of like not coming across as intelligent enough and like and because I like to feel sexy like when you see me physically and like I don't want to be misjudged just because I like to feel comfortable with myself does that make sense yeah, girl, yeah. That's, thank you for sharing holy shit and i'm right yeah. there with you as an ell person i get so self-conscious about my pronunciations about my and i was an english teacher so i was really fucking asking for trouble like i mean <laughs> and you, that you go do the thing that you're right. most about like screenwriter right like yeah right, like, literally pouring like words into the pages thank god i have like her to like <laughs> grandma and commas and all of that but like yes and and I love that. <laughs> That's so telling to you though, as a person, you know, you're just like wanting to, to do more and like 
I don't know, in a weird way, like accomplish that, like fight for that. I think that might be part of how I wound up in this field is just because of the constant like need to prove myself in that arena. So I'm with you. Thank you. That is amazing. Um, yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, I can go. Yeah. I think my mask is just a mask of like chill because people think I am so fucking chill inside this mask. I am overthinking absolutely everything. I'm continuing our conversation while you're talking to me of getting, like guessing what I'm going to say next. I've completely judged and planned the entire conversation. Mask, so. Holy shit. You do come off so chill. So cheers. I mean, you're killing yeah. it with that, but I get it. I'm an overthinker. Like, at, like three o'clock in the morning, I'll be like, shit, was it offensive when I made that joke about like, like I totally like, oh, yeah. right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Oh my God, you guys, this is like turning into such a like, I love it. It's amazing. Dark night. Yeah. Jackie. Yes. I am like, no bitches, idea. I'd be what I'd be. Yeah. It's <laughs> just like, I'm not I wearing know, you a mask. Know me, you know me better than me sometimes. I honestly you know can't you. think, you know, I, I, I don't know. No, you fucking have zero regrets about who, yeah, like she, and honestly, it's one of the things I love the most about you. You are, you, I am what I am. Like there's, there's no, like it's, it's, there's such a, I think it's a really a a testament to your strength as a person. Cause fuck if I'm not faking it half the time. So (laughs) Vanessa, sometimes you have to, um, I mean, (laughs) I keep faking it. I guess as far as physical stuff, I mean, I, my mask is probably literally my hair and I probably use it to distract from all of my insecurities over what I consider to be flaws. And cause that's the first thing people see and they talk about is my hair and it's like a safety blanket. Cause I'm like, okay, good. They're noticing that they're not thinking or looking at everything else that I just tore myself to pieces over. Yeah. Yeah. I feel feel you on the hair. Absolutely. That's yeah. I've worked on pulling it back as you see today, you know, but there's yeah, like- well, I'm going with neon green. So I don't know if that means I'm feeling really good about myself. Really <laughs> about myself. Aww, girl. Yeah. Okay. No, thanks for sharing that. Cause I totally relate to that. Absolutely. God, yeah. I love it. Everybody. Thank you. Um, man, man what a fucking great thing. I feel, I, I feel like such a douche. I need to, no, you are, but that's fair. No, I need but to I mean, I mask. like, you don't, you maybe, don't. You know, and maybe I... my mask is that I'm a 40 year old woman and that's my mask because really like, if you see behind me, all my toys, like it's, <laughs> it's not necessarily normal for a 40 year old woman to get as excited as an eight year old boy over dinosaurs. So maybe, <laughs> maybe my mask is really that excited. I'm a functioning adult. I think we've all got that one too. Yeah. I know. I'm like looking at my pop goes like everybody can relate to. I mean, I think if 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 the entire audience was to take that question and really kind of look inward a little bit, like we are all wearing masks. Even those who at times are like, huh, you know, maybe not all the time, but there is always a time that you're gonna put that mask on. And whatever that mask is for you, you know. And I will say that like over the past couple of years, I've had to eat a big serving of humble pie because I was very, I used to very much be arrogant in that I was like, I'm fucking on at you, baby. And now I'm like pushing 40, the grays are popping out. Like I'm like starting to see the wrinkles and like, it's like, can I really face, like, I always promised myself I would age fucking like a champ, you know, like I would just be like, you know, gangsta Elizabeth Warren haircut and just fucking roll with it. Right. But as it's now I'm facing it in earnest, like it's, it's weird because it's like, there is a certain level of 
you know, we are judged by, and I think I dare I say women even more than men. Yes. Ju- like my husband's great. And everybody's like, Oh, silver Fox, it's hot. And meanwhile, I'm like an old hag. Like it's like with one gray oh. popping out, you know, no, like- you're absolutely right. And I think that's fair to say, I mean, as women, yeah, we, we have never been conditioned to think that you can age gracefully. I mean, look at Hollywood. Like if you're an actor, you do eventually age out if you're a woman. Yeah. And that and, sucks and it's wrong. Right. And the pressure, even in ho-hum everyday life, like I go to like the PTA meeting and I see like these mothers who like are talking about their Botox and talking about their, and they're my age. And I'm like, and I'm like, damn girl, like I must look like a fucking hag to these people. And it's, it's been a challenge. And like, I'm not here to judge or throw shade at anybody for any choices they make with their beauty. I think what's most important is that you're happy with yourself, but hundred percent, you know, like, and it's so true. It's so tempting to kind of throw stones and be shitty and be a hypocrite about stuff like that. But man, you guys, I don't know, like stay tuned. I don't know if I could stick to my guns here. I, not to say that I would ever, do you need to, I mean, like, I guess that's the thing. Like, I, I like, I hear a lot of people sometimes make statements of, oh, I would never do that. Or, but why, why can't you change your mind? Yeah. You know, it's, that's fair. I just, I really want to go through this. And like, I look at the men in my life and they are fucking living their best, like Brad Pitt, silver hair life. And I'm like, motherfucker, I want to do that too. And yeah. so, I'm, so I'm just being so honest to say I'm so conflicted because I want to be the cool. I'm like, I'm the cool mom, but I'm not. I'm the old haggard mom. And, and I, I don't know how this is all going to end. So I guess I want to look like Brad Pitt. How do, how do we do that? <laughs> Actually, that was going to be another question. Yeah. Whose face do you take if you have to take yeah. a new face? <laughs> I'll take Brad Pitt's. Like, I mean, I can't pull off Brad Pitt. I need to go wait. Like, I need to go like, you know, like joe from the facts of life because then people will be like i'll allow it like somebody who people will be like yeah that i can see that for you like i can't take like a gore no one's gonna buy me in scar joe's face you know what i mean like <laughs> oh okay let's let's can i pose that question yeah. facts of life which one are you <laughs> tootie baby <laughs> oh my god no i'm joe they're young. They probably don't know. They don't know that you take the good and take the bad and take it No, off. you're going to have to YouTube <laughs> I know that. I think, I think I might be Natalie. You are Natalie. I'm Joe. That's I know who I am in life. Jackie? I'm, I'm Mrs. What's-her-name. Garrett? Mrs. Garrett. I'm Mrs. Garrett. <laughs> oh, man. All right. And on that note, let's... Why did you make me laugh? That <laughs> <laughs> Jackie's oh. Mrs. Garrett? That made you yeah, I got really tickled with that one. <laughs> Also, I've just stopped talking to my husband because PAP will be jealous. He just bought me insomnia cookies. So, oh. and I got to tell you, he gets me because between breaking my toe on the dog today and just the day, he he gets me. Um, that is a good man. That is a good, he's Not a good, I know oh, 20 sure. years later, he still knows the way to my heart is a nice insomnia cookie um because he's not gonna bring flowers he knows i ain't that kind of girl <laughs> he's like here's a cookie shut up no one wants flowers no. i do, <laughs> do i do my man gets one for me Aww. except i'm like a bitch and i'll be like why'd you get me the rainbow bouquet of roses <laughs> like were there none left at the store honey <laughs> like what is it gas station and he was just like, he gets, I was just like, I'm such a bitch. Thank you for the roses. <laughs> Do the same like, thing. Roses, where are my cookies? <laughs> no, cookies are better though, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so shall well, we, we got move- off topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shall we move on to Carnival of Souls? 
Let's yes. let's let's do that. Let's, let's try. All right, calm your tits. Tiki-tiki. Calm your tits because of, I feel like you're gonna come at this movie hard, and I'm I'm not here for you. You need over there. Relax, Jackie. Um. So this one, directed by Herc Harvey, and written by John Clifford, 1962, stars Candace Hillegross as Mary Henry, or AKA as I like to call her, walking through the world just like in a daze. <laughs> like you wanna like she makes the chick from Night of the Living Dead look like a goddamn scholar. Like she just has yeah. such a like. Yeah shit-eating expression of what like and again listen when i'm in that moment of death or purgatory or whatever you interpret this to be i'm sure my face isn't going to look great either but just once i wanted her to like put on a smart face and be like I think I'm yeah, dead, she looks like <laughs> time. That's the thing. It's not just like yeah. like when it's a montage, it works. But like when it's the entire rest same, of the movie, same thing with the music. It's just, it's her face in that that same track the entire time. Yeah, I, was, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going crazy. I was like, can we stop listening to this music? Maybe that was <laughs> Quick question about that. You do it. you think that was intentional? Like, yeah. do you think that was an oversight? Like, oh, let's just use the music as a or do you think their intent was to kind of make the viewer be like for the lack of everything that was good about this movie i i would hope that this was the one intentional thing that is smart like i would say fair you know like i do think that was a choice and if it was then that was a great way to make everyone go crazy for sure yeah 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 because that felt like an underlying theme was her being gaslit basically the entire film can we talk i think the underlying theme is just don't go to utah really (laughs) And that's what I got out of it. I live by yes. that. Too. I live by that personally. I yeah. stay yeah. on the coast. That's yep, yep, yep. My rule of thumb. That that carnival is actually based on a real um, place that was built back in the late 1800s, and then mm. burned down in a fire. And like it was something like the Mormons' version of like Atlantic City of like what was you mean the city of Atlantis. <laughs> No. Oh, okay. Like because okay. Jersey- I thought you were missing. So people often mistake Atlantic City and the city of Atlantis. When you're from Jersey, they're one of the same. I want to know what the Mormon Atlantic City is like. But no, Do they like, have rides? That's like what they not like it was the Mormons Atlantic City, but like that's how they viewed this like burnt down like mm-hmm. view this yeah. place like it's seedy and like whatever. So mm, like yeah. it was. I think it then has since then I did some Wikipediaing or whatever. It's like then it has been rebuilt and I don't know. I guess it's it's Spooky. still there. So yeah. road trip to the Utah Atlantic City is what I'm hearing now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. That's not where they actually filmed it though, right? No, or, it is. Oh, that's the actual place. Yeah. It's not just based the story is it? Okay, cool. That's, that's even fun. fun. Yeah. You think they're gonna really have cool. Salt Lake City Taffy? The lake too. Like the lake. <laughs> The Salt Lake City Taffy. She's here Salt all night. Folks. Yeah. I try. I try. No, no, I caught it. It was good. <laughs> um, so okay, I, I get the sense that maybe we don't think this film's quite as technically on point. This movie, here's 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 what I'm gonna say. And and Marissa will know what I mean by this, and she'll know instantly that it is not a compliment. <laughs> this movie reminded me. Oh, no. Of an A24 movie. Oh, Jesus. Here we oh, go. Oh, she said, no. I, love A24. I am not here for the, the slow burn A24 oh, style. Is, it's not my jam. 
at all. And watching this, if you would have slapped that A24 logo on the beginning, <laughs> I would have believed you a thousand percent because that's what this movie no. reminded me of. First of all, <laughs> there's going to be four, four people jumping on you. That's yeah, right you're now. talking I'm, to a bunch of felt like you're talking to a bunch of uh, people who love A24, I'm sure. Listen, I'm not going to pretend that there isn't a, like, and you hate what I use this term, elevated horror vibe to this film. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you now, there's a reason why they're still talking about this film in film schools. And, and I, I, we can hate on it all we want. But the bottom line is Romero absolutely steals this aesthetic. So many later filmmakers are going to borrow some vibes from this. And at the end of the day, the trope of, oh, fuck, she was dead the whole time. This film did it early and it did it well. So there's, oh, yeah. I will go to, I'm, like, I'll go I'm to bat for take this, that away. Just like I go to bat for A24 movies because I yeah. fucking love no, them. <laughs> I, I won't take away the significance of it. I'm just saying that for my personal taste, it's, that's what it reminded me of because it is that very, slow burn right kind of aesthetic and guys just so you know just a little background on jackie if someone's not taking off their bra and showing like a bad tan line of triangle boobs from 1980s slasher films like friday the 13th and someone isn't getting like decapitated every 30 seconds jackie falls asleep she's very bored she's not into it yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's not so i'm not true. wrong what it's not entirely true uh there's just there you know what people you like all the likes people like all the aguilera things. Marissa Marissa likes to forget that movies are subjective and and art is subjective and if you don't like to have if you don't like what Marissa likes you're out of your bird so (laughs) I'm used to it it's fine say you have to like the movie say more guys guys. (laughs) (laughs) so here's here's the part I am gonna say I like and I'm gonna throw this out to everybody is she dead or is this like the moment before death? Is this what, and cause like what I like about this film and why I like, it gets stuck in my con the best ways is because I, it has a very like what dreams may come Hamlet vibe to it. And that it's like, well shit, you know what's really scary that we have no fucking clue what comes next. And this film I, to me plays on that fear so well. And, and I mean, I'd like to hear what everybody has to think but then we'll just rip the bandaid off and talk about the feminist shit going on in this film. So let's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my literal last note is so she's a ghost the whole time shrug emoji like yeah (laughs) me too lots of question marks in my notes she's bruce willis in the sixth sense she's he's dead but is she dead the whole time or is she like in some sort of limbo and i would okay so you sparked a thought for me there marissa and that is i think she she was dead and maybe this was some weird dream of hers like that that whole like your life flashes before your eyes death kind of dream like she that because it's from her perspective so we can't take that away she is dead they pull her out of the the car and and like maybe like measuring up to society's expectations her dream to go be an organist and just be left the fuck alone <laughs> like, right. like i can love that about this movie i gotta be honest i, I do too i do too she's just like can i just be left the fuck alone like i like that right. uh, i'm an intern. leave me alone <laughs> yeah like but you know what's what's tragic is that in the same breath it seems like anytime she does try to fucking fight for her independence that's when she loses her shit the most or when the ghosts attack the ghouls or whatever attack the most because like that's to me this film reads as a really great like feminist cautionary tale right you're not allowed to be a strong independent woman who 
just wants to have her career and be left the fuck alone because bad things will happen if you do, especially the 1960s, right? Like men were yeah. terrified of strong, independent women. And this this movie's like a cautionary tale. But for yeah. me, what yeah. one of the things that mind fucked me the most about this film is that anytime she, like, fuck John, right? Creep, top five creepers in horror. This guy's like fucking killing it with his creep vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, I just wanted to punch him in the balls and leave for her when they were at the date, you know? Yeah. But um, she like, she does what I hate that I've admit I've done in the past, which is, well, fuck it. This shitty guy is better than nothing at this moment. I don't want to be alone. Fuck it. I'm going to roll with it. We've yeah. all been yeah. there. Ladies. Let's, I get it. It's just us gals. We've all been there. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So it's yeah. like this film plays with this idea of how we struggle with, like, can we be the strong independent woman without freaking the fuck out? And that's a question I want to pose to everybody because I certainly know that I've had moments of struggling with that. Yeah. And I think too, I, I didn't really think about this before, but like going back to the whole aspect of her, is she a ghost kind of plays into that too, because it's like, if she's being cold to the guy, like, is it because she can't be intimate? Like she can't kiss him because she's a ghost or like, you know, whatever, like, is that playing into it too? That's a good call. Yeah. I didn't think about that. But she doesn't really have that awareness. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't know she's dead no, until. She, yeah. No, but she oh. certainly knows she doesn't want that motherfucker, but she oh, still gravitates to it. Right. Um, oh, God, I'm sorry. I just, I just remembered and I wanted to talk about it because this was actually kind of the only maybe cool thing, but I couldn't like piece it together is the moments where she would lose her hearing i think she the crazy carnival music would play up oh, yeah and like oh, and then like um no one in society would would know like notice her which yeah. could be a ghost thing but then whenever she walked to the specific part of the park it all would all come back <laughs> with yeah the, with the birds and whatever like what the fuck was that Any well, because what did we learn in beetlejuice sometimes what the living will ignore the strange and unusual so <laughs> <laughs> I would I would buy this plot more if it wasn't that she was already dead is if it was like she somehow cheated death and death was after her like I would buy that more as the what plot. if she Final what if she was though what if she was cheating death what if she was what if that's that what all I mean. happened like, in like the 20 minutes she was in the water I mean if that's the case yeah. that's sad because in life flashing before your eyes you get fired from your job so that's kind of weird but. it seems it seems about <laughs> yeah it seems <laughs> accurate for me that's yeah. but you yeah, know yeah. honestly one of my notes because i this is another like plot twist that i you know it's not that i didn't see it coming but like i just didn't think of it because in my head i was assuming the whole movie that she is that she cheated death and the like the the, the ghoul that was chasing her was death to bring her to the other side because she she missed out on it right maybe it you're right maybe it maybe was, it was yeah. I do like look at it as this weird kind of purgatory before death dream or hallucination that she's having, you know, that took, city. <laughs> that, that took place that in that crazy. short amount of time while she was in the car before she was completely gone, you know, and that maybe there was that moment of she could have been saved, but not, and maybe she was kind of cheating and death was after her and it, it yeah. Guys, I believe that Mormon Atlantic City is hell. So I don't really, I'm here for it. Like, I believe it. Yeah. Or Atlantis, either way. <laughs> I, 
I agree. I think that was, that's a really cool takeaway from it because honestly, girls, I could not figure out what that ghoul represented. Like after watching that film and, and then figuring it out, she was dead. I was like, what the point of, what was the point of all of this? Who is this weird ass man following her yeah. around? And I liked when they did take out, like when there was the times when people couldn't see her and they like, there was no like sounds. Like I thought that was a cool effect, but I just didn't, yeah. I didn't couldn't understand, understand it. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. same. And I tried, I was like grasping at straws the whole time. Cause I was like, oh, wait a minute. I get it. The rooming, the room and board place is purgatory. And when she leaves there, she, you know, like I was trying so hard to put aside things that were not gonna ever yeah. come to fruition. Like, what's, what's the significance? Like John was just a dirtbag. Like she no had other. to run, she like ran errands. Like what's the significance of like, I need a new dress. I have Help. to take my car to the shop because Help. the transmission's fucked up. Like, I, yeah, this one was, um, like I said, this, no this was not for me. The doctor who wasn't like a psychiatrist. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, he's like, well, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm like, then what are you? Why are you doing? What are you doing? He was definitely like off the street. (laughs) I'm a doctor. Do you want to come up for an exam? Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's been a bad. That's not as badly. Yeah, that's that's a different kind of movie that I was in for, but it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Really? No. No, you're right. Yeah. What I got out of that was just like, wait, why are we having this conversation? (laughs) It's like, I'm not a doctor, but I play one in this movie. Like, it was so, I was like, the fuck is happening? Um, There were so many moments where I drew like a question mark or like WTF my own notes because I was trying so hard. I really was because I was like, at the end of this, this is all going to come together. But to, yeah. be, to be fair, I think we're all haunted in some, like the ghoul to me, and this is me putting on my English teacher hat where like I'm pulling it out of my ass in front of a class because I want to sound smart. The ghoul is our own inability to really live the life we want to, right? Like the thing that keeps us from our, our best lives, whether it's, you know, lit, being an organist and like doing her thing. I like, this is how people play the organ in my world, by the way. <laughs> like, it's very yeah, yeah, rock, rock organ, sure. <laughs> like jazz hands, and then you, t- you tickle the little ivories, right? That's what that's called. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh, you're now I want to start a band with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh dr teeth in the electric mayhem that's what band i'd like to think i'd be in one day is, is if i could ever be in a band um but i think there is something to be had like i really think they were going for something they were swinging for the fences and then just kind of popped out right at the end um but i don't know i still think this film is worth the watch it's a, with a fishing line mind you <laughs> a little, yeah literally that's how they pulled the car out in the beginning right like yeah. the rope and it was just yeah. like after the how car, you do by the way when that car crashed off the bridge i was like did they just go whoop like in the middle of the race yeah. i don't understand how it even happened <laughs> also how pissed are you if you're in that because like she kind of was like oh fuck we're we really gonna do this like i just yeah. and, you've, and we've all been there where we're like in a car with somebody we're like fuck and somebody this. rolls up and says hey girls you want to drag <laughs> really you didn't grow up in north jersey her reluctance <laughs> plays into all of these theories we're talking about like she was the one character in that car who did not want to do this, did not want to participate. I think somehow had a fear or an anxiety of like, oh, this isn't going to end well. You know, I mean, I think she was kind of the voice of reason who had no voice. Yeah, it's like Jackie in every Jersey Ghouls episode. I get it. <laughs> like, she's like, this is not going to end well for Marissa, but we just go on anyway. <laughs> right, Jackie? <laughs> you are the voice I of reason. Talk. I just let her talk. She doesn't know that her microphone's actually unplugged. It's that's not recording anything. <laughs> She's like, we stopped this podcast years ago. 
It's like how we always say when we go in the home one day, we're going to get like an Etch-a-Sketch with like a fake microphone and the kids are going to plug it and be like, all right, mommy, go ahead, do your show. Do your show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting in the home talking in dead air. Um, oh man. All right. That's fair. I mean, this one feels like it's a little more divisive for us. I do think there's a lot to be taken out of this film that kind of became tropes and horror. I think there's a lot of aesthetic in it, but yeah, this is, this feels like an indie film. You know what I mean? Like I kind of want to yes. give it a pass and be like, it's cool. They had, I mean, you know, they're indie filmmakers. They did their best. <laughs> like I wrote that down. Ouch. I'm like, God, I don't, <laughs> whoever the Foley artist yeah. was like when she was definitely, oh my God, I have to know like, about the shoes. It's the best. It's like four yeah. minutes later, you heard the footsteps. I just, I know yeah. that was like, that had to have Glorious. been like the director or producers, like son or daughter. They were like, look, you need a job. Just grab those shoes and just anytime you see her walk, regardless of how Look, far or close she is from thinking the camera, sound just- on film was way harder back then <laughs> it sounded like horses every time also yeah. like the, it, it was the inconsistent cuts like when he's fighting like all of a sudden the wrong arm was up in like a cut mm-hmm. or so, or like you know the punch it was just like there was definitely moments where the cuts you could tell were just not aligned at all. Well, even watching her play the organ. Yeah, watching her play the organ, there were sounds happening and her hands, her, ha- her hands was were like, like she had jazz up. hands playing the organ. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think you're weird. You guys have never played organ at a show. I think she just was pressing them like this. Yeah. I mean, like, I just press all the buttons. Honestly, like. there was a scene where I'm assuming that it was supposed to be kind of ethereal because at one point her hands yeah. did almost yeah, do this. She like, okay, is it supposed to be like I you're supposed to have like that's the scene hands? where she almost goes to heaven that's how i read that like she's like playing like she's really in she's really tickling the the ivories is that what they say the expression yeah, yeah. weird, yeah. Old, weird like, old american shit you say but yeah like when she's yeah. doing that like there's moments where i'm like oh fuck that could be so deep maybe she wasn't doing that this. the moment where she was playing the music that got her fired yeah yeah Which, apparently yeah. she played satan's she was like satan's playing the satan's dirge <laughs> Yeah, you shouldn't have played Edgar Sandman. I told her, I told her not to do it. Because <laughs> there's a, I like what um, the priest church man, <laughs> church man, <laughs> you know him, father um, man, to her about just um, incredible. So as uh, about like not having her soul in the music. Um, oh, do you know what it is? Um, I'm gonna find it, and Lana Del Rey uses it in one of her lyrics. Oh, well, I'm obsessed. Um, oh, I, I'm thinking while it's... she's entranced in the Beauty and the Beast Christmas special montage, they have a <laughs> quote of yeah, uh, putting yeah, your soul yeah, into yeah, the yeah. music. Okay, yeah, that's and that's why I was like, am I understanding the interpretation of this this whole movie? Because I thought that was like a clever line, but didn't really, I think, go along with all the stuff, the brilliant work we've come up with. <laughs> 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 I think it'd be under. I know, okay, like good like, stuff happens when we all get together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. While you're, while you're looking, oh, go ahead, go. Um. So at the end of the, oh, it's Mary laments towards the end of the film. I don't belong in this world. That's what it is. Something separates me from other people. Everywhere I turn, there's something blocking my escape that's not the phrase I was going to, oh, and the phrase that the the church guy says, it takes more than intellect to be a musician, put your soul into it. Okay. 
So that's a cool line. And I do like the ending line. I like her. Yeah. And there's another line. And at one point she goes like, the world is so different in the day. Like in the dark, your fantasies get so out of hand. And I'm like, fuck in the daylight, everything falls back into place again. She says early on. Yeah. Guys, I think there is something worth fighting for in this film in that I think it's a feminist. I do. I do. There's a feminist slap in the face of the patriarchy there. Right. Or no, right. or am I, am I trying too hard? I don't know. <laughs> I, it, it's weirdly Stop like, Jackie. I feel like it's weirdly not supposed to be written that way, but somehow like now we see it as that because I don't 100% think agree. The initial intentions were like, I just, unless I don't know, cause it was written by who probably the filmmaker man himself, like, yeah, partially. Written yeah, by you, the filmmaker I, you almost and, yeah. wonder if some of these are like little happy accidents like maybe Mm. their intent wasn't there but they kind of struck gold in a few moments and were were now able to kind of pick it apart and be like oh because i mean even hearing these lines i'm like that is some deep shit that really doesn't fit the tone of that film yeah true and that that's so true so it's like hard to say of course without like discussing with the film you're like did you you know take you notice these societal differences mm. and and like yeah. maybe met a woman like that that you know you can write about you know so. which is probably why it became a cult classic I think because people did draw their own you know that from it mm-hmm. yeah because I'm other than <laughs> surprise ending <laughs> didn't do what I would consider like oh yeah that's changed cinema for me now <laughs> like this was definitely made me want to do a twist yeah. ending that doesn't relate to anything <laughs> like what I just spent watching uh, so that's life-changing too dude <laughs> um no that that's totally fair that's this movie did not make me be like fuck this is why I love films like I love in it though we need we need to hear the the, the other side of it too like what you what people say and what yeah like I didn't, I didn't know it was such a big deal of, of that time till you brought it up. And maybe if I paid attention to it closer, I could see how things have been borrowed. Like I would love another, I wish, I don't know if you know, is there like another example that like something about that, that's, you know, we've, we've now used, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And besides Romero, the two people who I wrote down and thought of were, which was Hitchcock too. I think Hitchcock would borrow certain elements from the way this film is stylistically done. And again, I'm not saying we should all go out and aspire to be this movie, like, but I, I do think there's certain elements of it. Like, like you said, it's like, that's the reason why it's a cult classic, right? Because people have a lot of fun playing around with it in spite of its many, many, many flaws. I mean, um, Wilson Manson directly stole that dance hall scene, I'm just saying. <laughs> Agreed fair um anything else on carnival of souls i feel like we have like we're like we're a room divided in that we we all agree that it's it's deeply problematic and maybe technically not so great but i there are i, I don't know what do we think but i think some of those things make it a good film to watch and then talk about like the the technical flaws that it had almost adds to it being a little bit more endearing because you can kind of I, I mean, there's, there's some fun, I think, to watching films that aren't perfect. Um, and especially for that time, you know, I, I don't know, th- th- there was no term indie film, but 
we know what that means. If you say this really felt like an indie film, it did. It felt like they probably had a skeleton crew. They didn't have a ton of people. They were, you know, shooting on the fly. And she was some of those real cuts. Yeah. And some of those like cuts during the fighting, they literally probably didn't have the footage to connect them properly. Cause when they were shooting it, it, you know, I mean, they only had so much film and I'm sure it was, you know, a gazillion dollars for them. Back then, so, but you see that a lot in those really early films where stuff, oopsie, doesn't come together great, or the sound is off, you know, and it's it's kind of it can be distracting, but it's not as polished. And I think there's some beauty to it not being polished. Definitely fair to say. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, Jackie, I'm surprised you didn't just go <laughs> at the end of that because your face was so like, I'll allow it, but not really. <laughs> This is one of those situations where <laughs> I, it's and, and this this happens very often. It's where I I see. I feel like I'm about to movie... shots fired at you right now. God, <laughs> no, no, no. It's one of those things where I, I can I understand why a movie is uh, lifted up to the status where it's at. If this one's if this is called a cult classic, then sure, then I'm not going to take that away from it. If if, <laughs> if the whole room tells me it's a cult classic. I'm not going to argue and say it's not a cult classic. My stance is just that it can be a cult classic over there. And over <laughs> here, it's a, it's a, this movie was a one and done. Like I'm, I, this whole process of us going through the history of horror has been fantastic because I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of stuff that I might not have watched ever slash many, many years down the road. So I am, I'm absolutely enjoying everything that we're watching and I'm glad I'm you know I'm, I don't want to sit here and say I'm uh, you know I mean is it an hour and a half of my life I'll never get back I can't go that far it wasn't that bad you know I've seen way worse it wasn't I, I'm never going to put that on this yeah movie, garbage but. pale kids you don't get to tell me about an hour and a half of my life I'll never get back because I've watched yeah, well some that's just because movies. right yeah well Marissa is also part of the fun police do you know she's on that patrol she's fun oh, police. Right. do I she's take my job so let me I take ask my job you something seriously. <laughs> Jackie, let me ask you something. So I know you said like this is a one and done. I mean, probably for me too. I don't know that I would take the time to go and rewatch it. However, I think discussing it is interesting and I would probably recommend it to certain people because of the aspects that we discussed. I recommended make- it to you when when I first saw it like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I was like, "Dude, I just watched Carnival uh Carnival Souls. It adds up. Like it holds up. Go check it out." And you, you were probably like, "I and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> I would say that if you like kind of the like I, I'm sorry and I, I I know that apparently everyone here likes A24 and that's fine because I'm not gonna what what's the phrase I'm not gonna yuck somebody's yum if you really enjoy it never then, heard that before in my fucking life no, exactly. I think I stole that from Joshua I think I saw Joshua write that a couple times but uh but no it's like that's that the the slow burns are not for me I need, I need to, and, and I don't hate on all of A24 movies. There are some that, I think there's one that I liked. Um, <laughs> oh, I've definitely had my fair disappointments, like yeah. in the third act of some, for sure. But yeah, the third <laughs> act is where they always fucking shit the man in those movies, that's fair. <laughs> but no, I could, I would definitely recommend, I, I think a certain type of person that if I knew their movie style of what they like, I would recommend this. I'd be like, look, I know that that kind of stuff is your jam. If, you know, if Marissa hadn't seen this, I would say this is one that you would like because she's like, Marissa, she you like love shitty show. movies. <laughs> Why don't you check out what I was just going to say? It's like, yeah, this is your day, Marissa. Yeah. 
it definitely a one and done for me, but I'm again, to, to Vanessa's point, grateful that we did watch it because it also reaffirmed like when we watched Repulsion, um, those common themes, clearly a 60s thing. Like it's a clear take on what society was going through. Mm -hmm. And so to have this discussion and like, like it's cool. Like I definitely, and yeah, we could talk, we could pick it apart and be like, yeah, that was also shitty and this was shitty and huh, what did we learn from it? So I think for filmmakers, especially if they tune into this, like it's definitely a fun one because maybe you'll find it heartwarming and, and be a cult classic for you in the horror like sense. And if anything, it's just interesting to see where cinema has like followed society and to the whole like indie filmmaker style. I, I like, that's why I love, um, Vanessa, you brought this up too. the, um, it's the French new wave, uh, movement. Like I really enjoy a lot of Jean-Luc Godard films. And so mm -hmm. like, those are sometimes too really long and like, but there's something I, I love the dialogue. I love like all those like elements that they're imperfect the background noise. Like I love the rawness in them. So yeah. I mean, that's, and so that's my cup of tea. It maybe if it was for this film, I could have enjoyed that as well, but I think it's, for different reasons, I, I just couldn't follow, fall in love with like certain, the other elements, like the dialogue, like in those moments that I just read out loud, those were beautiful to me, but the storyline itself, like I couldn't, I couldn't feel attached. Yeah. But also maybe that's because we've improved slightly as a society and <laughs> we don't, ha I don't feel like this, like, oh, like we're still, we, we've come, come up a bit. And so now we can look at it and be like, all right, that's cool. Okay. God, that is so much more beautifully diplomatic than we ever are on this show. So cheers for classing it up for us. Yeah, thank you. For like that. usually thank we're you. just like, Bleh, like shitting on things with no regard. And you just beautifully captured both of our, like you, you just synthesized both of our feelings. This is so beautiful. We need you on every episode to go ahead and class it up at the end and be like, here's the really- She'll like be a translator. We need a translator. So I'll sit there and be like, this movie is bad because- <laughs> Then I'll cry, like, and well, then yeah, yeah. <laughs> anytime, guys. Anytime. Nice. <laughs> well, I think that's what's so interesting about you guys doing this decades of horror because I think, especially kind of doing them pretty chronologically, is seeing what the themes and, and you know the tone of society was, you know, and the way, especially in horror. I mean, we've talked about this so many times about if you want to know what was going on in a certain time, watch a horror movie Yeah, from, mm -hmm. from that decade. Um, and there was a, a documentary, actually, I'd sent a link to uh, Marissa about it because it specifically was talking about films of the sixties and seventies. It's called um, the American nightmare. Mm -hmm. And if you guys can find it and to listeners like it's really really cool and it dives deep into this whole thing i think it's on shutter actually i think that's where because like when you sent it over i was like oh i gotta check that out and i feel like i found it yeah. somewhere um well well i want to take a minute first of all to thank all three of you guys for joining us today this has been a freaking blast i laughed way too hard for carnival of souls um i had so much fun <laughs> I, I, got when I was watching it too so <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a comedy 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> um, I know that I will be taking my next va- vacation to the Utah Atlantis because it sounds it's beautiful this time of year. Um, and I also, I absolutely, I got to be honest, I just create reasons to find excuses to hang out with all three of you. So Vanessa, Tessa, Carolina, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Vanessa, first of all, tell us where we can find Renegade Film Festival. Uh, you can find us on the three majors of social media uh we are on the facebook the my Twitter, space and the geocities Instagram. wait i got this i'm so hip yes the social um friendster, friendster? <laughs> napster <laughs> we're on napster <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm sorry god <laughs> i am old so i don't know you can we're on the web find we us are. the interwebs we're all over which the is on computers i hear <laughs> no you can find the renegade film festival at renegadefilmfest.com you should also check us out on filmfreeway.com where we are still accepting uh film entries scripts what have you pictures on a piece of paper i'll take it i'll take pictures whatever a little flip book that's animated i'll i'll check it out i'll make a category um <laughs> submit it to us on filmfreeway.com also you can find us on all the social medias right the insta that's where all the kids hang out these days i hear and I'm going to make a Snapchat, but I'm just going to use filters all day. I'm not going to do anything else with it. Anything That's all Snapchat is good for. Good. Yeah. Cause my filters. kid has it. So I got it. So I'm like, I'm so hip with the snapping and the chatting, but yeah. I don't really, I don't understand. Um, but, but I, so we can be on Snapchat, hit us on Snap. You can I hit me. I don't know how to talk to people on that. Is it, I don't know how to talk to people in real life. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I will make myself look flawless and then you'll see it. <laughs> and now you know why I emailed you about needing help. Um, <laughs> um what about you guys, Febregard? Where can we find all of your amazing magic? Yeah, um, the podcast you can find on all the major platforms. Um, all of the rest of our stuff you can find on our website, which is just febregard.com. Um, we have a YouTube as well. Just Google Febregard Productions. And at Femregard on Instagram yeah. and Femregard on Facebook too. So oh, I'm so glad you told me about the YouTube because when I want to pretend I'm hanging out like with you guys, I'm gonna put on the YouTube and I'm gonna just be like, yeah, I, I agree. And just like because you guys are so cool and I absolutely love listening to your work. And I cannot wait to see all the amazing things are. It's true. I like to pretend I'm sitting like I do it with a lot of podcasts. Like I do it with Fright School all the time. I just pretend I'm their friend and I'm hanging out next to them, like in the room. That's what makes a good podcast, right? Like you want to be their friend. Yeah. I love that. It's kind of weird, but so cool that like, I, that's what I love about podcasting in general. It's yeah. just like, we can feel like we're all just in the room chatting and like, yeah, we're all friends, you know? So it's awesome. No, thank you for, I, we love, we love, like, we always laugh really hard. Well, having the se- second <laughs> session with you guys, we, it's always enjoyable because we just find ourselves just laughing and like geeking out over the same thing. Yeah. So it's fun or oh, not. Yeah. Okay, but- laughing at with I don't care I'm having a good time you guys yeah Yeah, for sure um no thank you all so much for joining us we um really appreciate it and we cannot wait to hang out again soon and do this again um Jackie where can I find you at Jersey Ghouls I'm right here there you are Everybody come over. Over there. Uh, (laughs) I'll make you the gabagool. God. I'll make you the gabagool. Um, no, we hope you guys have enjoyed listening. I have to say, I'm gonna break out the tissues and and shed a tear. Bon voyage to our black and white movies. Like this, this is it. I have enjoyed these black and white movies so so much but no you haven't i'm just kidding <laughs> so this there's been one he's like fuck Our- you carnival so i'm gonna miss it so much <laughs> no. yeah welcome to every, technicolor every other movie we've watched since the 20s i have absolutely adored 
but yeah, no, I'm sad to say goodbye to black and white, but we are kicking down the door to 1970s. We're coming live, Technicolor, for the funky, funky 70s. Don't forget to check us out on social media. Just search Jersey Ghouls. You can also find us on your favorite podcasting app by, once again, searching Jersey Ghouls. And you can find all the fun information, updated episodes, and just Jersey Ghouls. Yes, I did it. That was where you were going to tell them to go, right? I I was. Good job. If I could pat you on the head, I would. Check us out at jerseyghouls.com. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.